On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Mike Fortune joins me for the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcasting. We're going to chat about the education situation that's going on. It is a mess right now. Organ donations. Should it be mandatory for everybody? We're going to talk about why we have such a fascination with crime in entertainment. Social media. A new survey says that people hate it. So why do they keep using it? Guilty as charged, by the way. And the Blue Jays. How could the Jays pull their own version of Moneyball? We'll talk about all that stuff. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Decked out from head to toe, and I mean head to toe, in jet black. Mike Fortune, freshly back from Florida after a vacation with the fam. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, this is the Johnny Cash look. Like it Johnny is the Johnny Cash, Cash look. look. Yeah, yep. no, it's, it's great to be back. Uh, thanks for continuing to reach out. Been busy the last few Fridays, and uh, just nice to know I'm still on the roster, not on the bench. No, it's uh, but you, you're looking very sharp. Thank you. Are, you. It is very Johnny Cashish. Appreciate that. Is yeah. that the right word, Cashish? Yeah. Can we throw Can, a little ring of fire in there, maybe? We, we maybe. Ah, I'm getting the thumbs up from Will. Awesome. Uh, so while you were away, mm-hmm. and, and this, th- I, I had just have to bring this up first because I have not been able to stop thinking about this for about three days now since I first saw, or two days, I don't know, <laughs> since I saw this story. I'm sure everybody by now has seen this story about the Ontario <laughs> Trillium logo <laughs> that if you've not seen it, rush to a computer right now. Please Google it. And Google Ontario Trillium logo and... It was brought up by the Ford government, maybe Doug Ford, I don't know, somebody pointed out that we got to change this thing because this is the representative logo of Ontario. And if you look at it, it really does look like a minimalist artist's rendering of three guys reclining in a hot tub. It, it does. It, it's, it's like you, me, and Will just chilling out, you know, enjoying a beverage. It's hilarious. And once that was mentioned... And you see it. Can't get it out of your mind. You can never unsee that. Exactly. Now, every time that logo is shown, it's like, oh, there's the hot tub guys. Yeah. It's a hot tub time machine representing Ontario. And, and Scott, we're talking off camera. You have to wonder, A, how much of our tax dollars went into thinking of that great creation? I'm sure it, it wasn't like $100. It was probably thousands of dollars. Well, I can tell you how much it's going to cost to change it, which will probably give oh. you some idea, which is 89000 they're estimating. Why it would take that much? Just go back to the original one, which seemed just fine. Can't you just go into clip art and just swap them out? <laughs> you would think. Anyway, carry on. And the other point. And, and, and the other point is no creative genius that was putting this together after eyeball, after eyeball, after eyeball picked up on this. So, it's this a good had point. to go through so many layers of approval. And not one person no. went, hot tub guys. <laughs> Because now that you see it, hot tub guys, it's got some, you're right. Somebody <laughs> had, to, but I think what probably happened is by the time, could this happened back in 2000. And so uh, it, the original um, logo that we were more familiar with, the one that was on Ontario Place and all that, it was a more traditional, more plain Generic. Trillium. It was, it was simple. That everybody knows. Everyone has seen the old Ontario one. It's sort of got a rounded square around it and the, the solid trillium. This one changed in 2006 under Dalton McGinty. cost $89,000 at the time. But I think what happens truly with something like this is you're right. This is starting to go through different layers. And it's the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. Nobody wants to be the one after, as this thing is moving along yep. to say, hey, 
there's three guys in a hot tub there. It, yeah. It, because you don't want to be the one who's going to spill the beans on the project. Possibly lose your job, be demoted, Who whatever knows? the case might be, because we know how governments like to do that. Or they'll, or someone will say to you, you're, you're, you're sick. You, well, you got a weird imagination, something like that. You don't want to be unserious. You're, you're going to be centered out. So I'm looking at my old driver's license and health card. Yeah. And, and when did you say this was launched? This 2006. Logo? Yeah. Okay. So I, you know what? Now that I actually look at it on my health card and license, there it is. It's on. The new one? No, this is an old one. I haven't the, the had. The old one. I've, I've, I'm just yep. showing Scott right now. I've had this in my wallet for, I don't know, five, six years. It expires but it, this year. But it probably took a couple of years for all the new ones to even begin to get into yeah, circulation maybe. and stuff. So, so when you get a new one this year, you will probably get the new hot tub logo just and then hilarious. you'll have to replace it with the old hot, non-hot tub logo. <laughs> $89,000. Thank you very much. Cha-ching. So this is the other thing. Why is it that only in the public sector would someone having to simply redo a logo cost 80? There are students oh. at, at, at graphic arts colleges all over Ontario. If you had a contest. Forget colleges, high schools, grade 12. Have a contest and say, you know what? If you are the one who, who comes up with our new logo, we'll give you 10 grand and a pass to every publicly owned facility in the province for life. Free tuition. How about free tuition? $89,000. And, and that was in 2006. So it's probably going to yes. be 125 Easily. With well, inflation nowadays? Uh, sorry. No, my wrong. 89000 is what they're saying it'll cost now. So it was less than that. But, so but it was less than that. But, but it's still, government. It's, it'll be 100 It's still ridiculous. It'll be 100 Why does redesigning a logo cost $89,000? Well, it's only in the public sector. This would never happen in the private sector to say, we can't find someone who can do it for less than that. Because the government ha- needs a reason to spend our money, apparently, Scott. Apparently. It's, 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 it's in the line there. So we're, we're going to spend money on this. But guess what? We got to cut teachers' jobs. Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. No, we are. We're going to talk about teachers' jobs because this is the story of the week. I think this is the education file in the province. We've got students walking out to protest uh, cuts and, uh, I mean, any number of things uh, autism services and OSAP loan cuts and even. Some of the students were saying they were protesting the potential ban on cell phones in classrooms. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem like something that you're going to get much sympathy yeah. from people. But sex anyway. ed curriculum. Sex ed curriculum. So I'm not taking this in a partisan way. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to look at this thing from a simple problem-solving way. And we're not going to solve the problem entirely today. But here is the, to me, here is where the real problem lies. And that is this. In, 19, uh, in 2004, so 15 years ago, mm-hmm. the province of Ontario spent $16.7 billion on education per year. $16.7 billion. Okay. 15 years later, we are spending, last year anyway, $29.1 billion. We have come close Double. to doubling what we're spending on education. And yet in each of the past five years, EQAO scores across the province have dropped. So... We are saying, we're, we're showing that spending more money on education is not leading to better results. That's correct. If, if somebody wants to show me that the graph that I'm mentally drawing of money going up and results going down somehow shows a parallel line, it's not a parallel line. So I don't think you can argue realistically that we're either getting fair money, fair value for our money somehow, or that spending more money on education is going to necessarily guarantee better results. 
So what do you do? What do you do? I don't, because I don't believe the answer can simply be, let's pour another $10 billion into education in this province when we don't have money. What do you do? Well, that, that is the million dollar question. And I have to ask, did you actually take a math test to figure out how to do that graph? I'm I didn't, just, but, there was, no, but okay. there was no actual math involved. <laughs> no, I just okay. looked up numbers. No, okay. Um, I, I think first off, we, we can't be naive to think when Doug Ford was elected and he said there will be no job losses and no cuts. I think we, we can't be naive. We, you know you're going to be slashing. You know there are going to be job cuts. Is that fair to say? Well, no, his education minister today said there will be no job cuts, that these 3,500 jobs are going to be through attrition. They're, and when you, and, and 3,500, and just to say, 3,500 sounds like a huge, huge number. Mm-hmm. It really does. There are 179,000 teachers in Ontario. So, mm-hmm. though, so the 3,500 that are being talked about is 2%. It's going to be custodial staff, Could retirement. Be. Retirements. So on Retirements and, so forth, and stuff right. like that. But 2% is not a, that's an easy number for attrition is what I'm saying, if they stick with what she's saying. Mm-hmm. So again, no, I don't have a crystal ball, Scott. I don't have an answer either. I think we have to sympathize um, for the teachers to some extent. I think we really have to sympathize for the students. What is the out of the box solution, the way to fix this? No clue. I'm throwing out there, no clue. Do we, and again, I respect teachers, like there is no tomorrow with what they have to put up with, but have there not been a number of teacher strikes where they want more, they want more, they want more? Right now, let let me answer that question. And I don't want to upset anyone, but is it not true? Right now, 77 cents out of every dollar that goes to education in Ontario goes to salaries. Mm-hmm. 77 cents. And we have negotiations coming up this August, I believe they're due to come up. And I'm betting that the teachers unions are not going to say, we'll accept nothing. So it's going to go higher than 77 cents if there's a settlement in this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So the problem becomes if you're the government, and I'm not, again, this is not a partisan thing. I don't care what government is in power. If you are looking at a province that is swimming in debt and doesn't have the finances to keep saying, let's pour another $10 billion into education or $5 billion or $3 billion, where can you cut if almost all of the money that you're paying into education now is going into salaries? Where can you cut? How can you cut? And I don't know where the answer is for that. Well, I, I, I might know the answer, but it's not a popular answer. Let's hear it. That you would have to then cut some people. Well, but yeah, but and, and that that will not shock me one iota if that does happen. And I expect that truly to happen. Like I said, you, you have to be naive to think that that won't happen. I believe that will happen. Have I said that enough? It will yeah. happen. Oh, I, whether it's by cuts or whether it's by attrition, as they say, I, there will be people who will be, there will be jobs, spots, positions that will be down, whether that's by layoffs or attrition, there will be jobs that are fewer jobs out there. There has been a a lot of arguments regarding every single topic we just touched on. And at the end of the day, I think what's getting lost in all of this is the students is well, they is, always are is is the grassroots is the is the kindergarten and up, and that is what frustrates me as a parent who still has kids going through all of this. But at the same time, this is the government that was elected, so we can have our protests, we can uh, we can walk out, we can complain, we can throw stuff out there on social media, but this is who we've elected, whether you like it or not, and now. NDP and, and the Liberals will say, well, actually, there was a large percentage that didn't vote them in. We split the vote, so on and so forth. doesn't matter. This is how it's worked out. It is. Well, and the 
the difficulty with this is that, again, if we were living in a utopian society where we were not in debt, where we were not in massive deficits, where we had lots of money and we could say, you know what, let's put a little more money in to see if we can turn this thing around. We don't, we just don't have that in Ontario. We just don't. And that's not a, that's not partisan. That is the reality. We are swimming in debt. And I truly don't think this is just Ontario. No. This has to be other provinces. This has to be across the border. Are they doing anything different in the States? So come August, we've got a province that by everybody's acknowledgement is in financial difficulties right now. We are so far in debt and so far in deficit in this province that we have to figure out something to do. We can't keep spending as we were. So come August, we're going to have negotiations with the teachers' unions. To me, the first step then that you would hope would be the teachers' unions would say, you know what? We see where the problem is here. We will come in asking for a 0% increase because we realize that money is tight right now. You got to make some cuts rather than cut anything. Here's the deal. Keep the funding for schools where it is and we'll Mm -hmm. come in and accept a 0% increase. That would be a show of good faith. What percent chance do you think that's what happens? I'm going to go with the big goose egg, unfortunately. Yeah. And, And it's too bad because... I agree. I think there are a large number of teachers that just want to be in the classroom yep. and teach. Yep. And to be able to to voice their opinion, it's a shame that they can't when you think they should be able to. It also should be pointed out too. Doug Ford is very unpopular right now, but he is cleaning up past government's messes right now. Well, that okay, so now to some extent. And I don't want to get off no, topic. No, that's but that's, I think that's what that's he would say. Point. That's what that's absolutely the position he would say and his supporters would say and then there is whether or not the way that he is doing it is the way to do it, this would be the position. There, there is a financial problem. How else problem. are you going to do it? Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to rip the bandaid off. Right. You just have to do stuff. Well, sometimes. I'm saying it's right. The only reason I'm clarifying your statement is not to be disagreeable. It is simply to say some people would say this is not cleaning up. What I'm saying is he's looking at this, saying we've got to do something, and he's interpreting that this is one way to do it. And it is one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Students, of course, are going to get stuck, but the problem, Mike, and again, we keep coming back to the problem because you've got a big problem you have to solve, spending and spending and spending and spending. Let me go back to those numbers. Go back to the numbers. 2004, $16.7 billion spent on education. Just three years ago, uh, 2016, $26.6 spent on education. Last year, $29.1 billion spent on education. Every single time the number is going up by a significant amount, a billion or two billion is not a small amount. And our EQAO numbers, which is the only measure we really have right now, Mm -hmm. may not be perfect, but it's the measure we have, they are going down. So spending more and more and more is not giving us better and better and better results. In fairness, though, costs and price, inflation is just going up as well, too. Yes, so you have to factor that in. Well... uh, and I hope they are factoring that in. And I hope when people are reading these numbers and hearing these numbers from you, they, they also realize that too. But again, you go back to the issue that 77 cents of every education dollar is salary. So does this go back onto the teachers where they have to swallow it swallow it up a little bit? Well, I look, I, I don't believe that any union, any teacher's union is going to accept a salary rollback. And I don't think that that's a... I don't think a rollback... Uh, I don't think a rollback is I don't is, think that's is, something we should answer. expect. A freeze? A freeze would be a start. And then the idea that if we have... And 
I don't know whether we can take her at her word, but I'm saying if we're just for the sake of discussion, if we are going to take the education minister at her word and say these 3,500 teachers, 2% of the teaching fraternity are going to be gotten rid of by attrition as opposed to by layoffs, can we, can we get by with 2% fewer teachers? And then if, if maybe I, th- th- if see, they do hold true to their word, that yes. gives you a bit of a window to breathe and say, okay, well, maybe you are right. Let's see what else you got for me, Doug. Because 3,500, when you don't put it in context, sounds like an enormous number of teachers. It really does. And, and every teacher, m- most teachers, let's put it this way, most teachers are very impactful on kids' lives oh. in a positive way and are useful and are, and are very helpful. But I don't know that we're at a point now in our province, in our country, where we can simply say nothing, and I'm not just talking education now, across the board, n- nothing is untouchable. We Across the board, I think we have to look and say, we need to trim a little here and a little here and a little here and a little here to start with and see if we can get things under control. You have to be prepared for everything. I agree with that statement and, and thought process a thousand percent. At the end of the day, the taxpayers are the ones that are going to, to feel the pinch. Or, well, the other alternative but is to just keep cranking taxes up every single year to cover an extra... To what end, though? Well, ultimately, and to an end where people can't afford it, because we are facing a time when, you know, we're trying to get business to come to Ontario. Doug Ford's got his open for business, which even if you hate Doug Ford, the, the concept of having more business come here is a good one. Whether you think he's doing it right or not, that's up to you to mm-hmm. decide. We want business here. But have we not always been open for business? Are, are we not booming at times? Like, I don't know why this is such a novel concept and why this has to be advertised in this way. I know we're getting a little off topic, but I've always assumed we've always been open for business. You're hearing of all these plants opening and, 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 and good things happening and tax dollars are rolling in. Yeah, you're trying, though. I think what he's trying to do is say, look, we are going to be business friendly rather than putting up more obstacles. That That's that's ultimately the point but he's trying to make. But then that just opens up a whole other can of worms. I would, if we got to go to a break, mm-hmm. with the situation we have now in education, with the cost, with everything else, if, if when negotiations get going this fall, this late summer, if they come in with a demand Teachers unions, not teachers, teachers unions, they come in with a big demand for a big increase. We are heading towards some sort of late, I would argue, long Long lockout, lockout, strike, whatever it is, because the government is not giving into that. There's no way this government is going to give them that. And if the teachers won't come in and uh, the unions won't come in and be doing something humble, humble, modest, whatever. Oh boy, this could be... uh, Parents, buckle up. It could be a long ride. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. There was a time, and I don't know if Mike is still doing this, but there was a time... Oh boy. Several months ago, five, six months, I don't know, maybe more than that ago, that Mike purified himself. Mike decided to go... Social media dry. He he got off the got on the wagon and and it was um, there it's was fantastic. And are you still doing it? So it was over. It was almost fourteen months. Really, that long, and no word of a lie. Within the last two weeks, I've got back on Twitter because I'm trying. You know, I've, I'm always being told, Mike, you have to promote yourself more. You have to promote City Matters, which airs on cables fourteen uh, most days at four, six, and ten p.m. Um, 
<laughs> you have to promote yourself. You have to promote your guests, the causes, what you're talking about. So after 14 months, I dived back in. And one of my first tweets was after Narendra Nan, Ward 3 Counselor, was on. And yeah, you, you know, you, you start to get some more followers. You start to get some retweets. But I can't keep it up on a daily basis. I, I, but do you get sucked into looking at the stuff? No, I don't. I, I, I couldn't care less what other people think. I, just like I hope people don't think uh, care what I think when I'm talking here. You know, you want to listen, great. But I, I don't get offended. I, I don't read what other people say because a lot of it is rubbish and BS, and I couldn't care less what your thought or opinion is. Well, the reason I ask is because a new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll says six out of ten Americans, now they didn't ask Canadians, but no, we can assume no reason to believe we're all that much different. Yep. Six out of ten Americans are really down on social media, don't trust Facebook at all to protect their information or to give them mm-hmm. good information. Mm-hmm. They believe social media is primarily spreading falsehoods rather than news. They believe um, that they that this is a negative impact on their life. Agreed. They have a, a poor opinion of many of the large social media platforms. However, somehow then, they come to the conclusion at the end of this that the majority, though, say, but in general, it has more benefits than drawbacks. Well, that's just... Which a, I don't really understand how they... study. Yeah. But the, the point about this that I don't understand, and I'm guilty of this because I'm on social media, is if we hate it so much, and so many people talk about all the time, oh, I hate social media, I got to get off it, it's, I, you know, all it does is make me angry. Why then do we not do something about it? And we don't. Be- because you did, but most people don't. It's it, it's it's like anything else out there. It's an addiction, and you get hooked. And it is so easy. This this is it's easier to go on social media than it is to have a cigarette or or, or have a drink right now, because it's always in your hand. These devices are always with you, and you you can't get away with it. And the people behind the scenes, the analytics, it's amazing. How just after two weeks, I've been on Twitter and that's jittery it. yet? What's that? Are you yeah, jittery yeah, yet? Yeah, I got the I got the twitch going. I got the old Kramer going on. How the analytics? How other stuff all of a sudden starts kind of popping up on my phone? It's like, wait a second. I haven't said this to anyone. I've looked at futons, but why over Twitter or something? I went to the futon shop or whatever it was. All of a sudden, I'm getting ads. It's very suspicious how they do all this. Well, not suspicious they, at all. They, they 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 get you. They get you. And they will not let you go. They're like a dog with a bone. But they're like, Mike, you're back. Ha ha ha. Well, the, yeah, but I just don't understand. We are, we are, we have people now. Yeah, you're probably right about being addictive, but we do have people who quit cigarettes and stop drinking and get on a diet and go to the gym and do it. But we don't seem to have people, you being the exception, who will say, I'm going to put my phone out. I'm horrible at it. I'm, my, my wife and kids will tell you, I'm horrible at it. You, you, have to, you have to put yourself in the right mindset. So even though I'm, st- I'm, I'm on loosely at this point, my phone goes off. It will go on a little later tonight because it's Friday and I'm driving home. My phone goes off at 8 o'clock every night. I don't care about anything else in the world. I'm home with my family. This phone goes off. You're a good man because I, I don't and I should and I want to. Then do it. You got to set a goal for yourself. It's like anything else, Scott. If you if you were a smoker and had to quit or if you were drinking, anything that you're addicted to, you have to, um, when I, back in the day when I did smoke, you, you have to change your pattern. You have to change your mindset. So you have to do things a little differently to take you out of your routine. 
It is amazing to me, though, when you hear this study, and I don't, I, I mean, I believe this study. I believe, because I, I agree with this, the sense that we continue to do something that makes us miserable. I've never been a smoker, so I don't know if most smokers, as they are smoking, are saying to themselves, oh, I hate this, or if they're saying either nothing or, you know what, this gives me some kind of pleasure and I'm okay with it. I don't know. Because as much as it makes you feel miserable, I think it also makes you f- give you a little bit of hope. Oh, well, if, look, at, I can follow this account, and if I do this, I'm going to get a six-pack of abs, or if I follow this account, I know I'm going to be able to eat better because they're giving me lots of tips and ideas. According to this poll, 57%, and these are Americans, again, don't re- don't see any reason why the numbers would not be similar <laughs> in Canada. These are Americans. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I just thought, sorry. I'm just, no, no, but it, I'm it, being goofy. It's, it's, it's stopped north, it stopped at the border, but if they did us, I think it'd probably be similar. Because there's a big wall there? There's, well, someday, <laughs> maybe. Uh, 57% of Americans say they agree with the statement that social media sites like Facebook and Twitter do more to divide the country. 55% believe social media does more to spread lies and falsehoods. 61% think social media does more to spread unfair attacks and rumors against public figures and corporations. And 82% say social media sites do more to waste people's time. Yes. Okay, so I want to go put my phone down. I get home. I want to put this away. I don't want to have it. Just put it down. Turn it off. You can. You could. I will. No, you won't. But in general... The problem with this, the challenge with this, is that they've been very brilliant in their design because what we have in one device mm-hmm. is your phone, mm-hmm. is your camera, yep. is your alarm clock, is your calculator. Like there's a, it's not just stuff. So you've got to have it with you and on because you need it. And Scott. then and then they bombard you with Scott. the other stuff. No, Mike shaking his head no, vigorously. Come on, a I have my wife for the alarm, so that's not a problem. B I don't need a calculator because I don't really need to add much. Camera I couldn't care less about taking pictures. I I I really don't. You don't take duck face selfies? No, I don't actually. So shockingly. Neither do I. I can't, you, I can't go, even do that. If, if you ask Siri to beatbox for you, that's actually kind of funny. Maybe we'll have to try that later. Ask Siri to beatbox. I don't know how to work Siri. That's one thing I've never figured out yet. It's it's very funny <laughs> on the on the on the Apple device. <laughs> and boots and cats and boots and cats. Anyways, okay, there we go. <laughs> Just want that in your head. You you have to be you have to be smarter than the device because your device is leading your world right now. You have to be smarter. You have to be stronger and smarter than your device. Let me go back to the question, though, and it's a fair point. What and, you, and, what you and, say is a fa- absolutely fair point. All joking aside, we have an alarm by the bedside, so that is our alarm. We don't need to have a phone to go off to tell us when to get up. Sorry, I just No, clear. no, your point is absolutely fair, and all those things make sense, and everything you just said, a smart person or smart people would say, yeah, that's great. And we have a lot of smart people, and we still do this to ourselves, though. We still do this to ourselves. We know it wastes our time. We know it's not contributing much. And we know it's dividing us and making us angry. And yet we still do it. There's got to be something in this that they've figured out that lures us in. Oh, well, a lot of things that you've mentioned, of course. But you, you also have to you have to lure yourself into yourself. You, you, you have to take... That's very Oprah-esque. You like that one, mm-hmm. eh? And you get an iPad, yeah. and you get an iPad, and you get an iPad. You you have to you have to take time for yourself. And I've been reading some self help books and meditation books. Not that I'm sitting there going um every night, but you have to take time for yourself. And to be able to do that, you have to 
uh, set up a new time in your head, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Turn it off. Bye. See ya. I don't care what's going on in the rest of the world. See, I do believe I would be happier. Clear your mind of that. Once you get into that new routine, uh, Scott, I'm telling you, this the, you will be a happy man. No, guaranteed. I, I do. I do believe and, it. And Will and I were talking, too. You do the other little things. You take the icons of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You take them off your home screen completely. Like, every time I go into Twitter, I have to log in, and then I force myself to log out every time. And I don't have the little icon that says, oh, you got a new mention because someone cares about what you think. I don't care what people think. I don't care what's going on on Facebook and and uh, and Kylie Jenner threw up a funny post. Haha! I don't care. You know, and, and, and why it, do we care so much? Sorry, I'm well, you no, off. we don't. We uh, so again, if you could, let me back up for a second. I beep, once upon a time beep, beep. made a comment to someone who worked at Costco that you know you guys should have a one to seven or one to eight item line, and they said that's great, but why would we want to do that? We want you to buy more stuff. They were being very honest. We want you to come in here mm-hmm. thinking you're buying a bag of milk and walk out with $800 in patio supplies. <laughs> that's the that's the whole business model. Of course. So for Facebook, what I use Facebook for, as an example, is to keep up with a few family and friends and occasionally through my work, if I need to find someone to come on the show or do an interview, I like to, but you can't simplify it down to just that. You get the whole you get Facebook package. Of course. And so, and they don't want you just to have the scaled down, simple version. They want you to get bombarded with the ads and with the political stuff and with everything else. So you, it's either all or nothing. We, we are a very um, weak society. We can well, easily get swayed. And when it comes to bright, flashy colors on our screen, we have to ooh and ah, and we have to look further. What is that? Oh my gosh, I have to see it. <gasps> and then you, they quickly pivot you to something else. And if, if we can be a little more mentally tough, a little more mentally stronger and say no, hey. I'm hoping that this poll, personally for me, maybe for some other people, I'm hoping this poll inspires me to realize that I'm wasting time on this thing and not do it. We will see. We'll see how successful I am. Time will tell. We'll see. And I don't really, well, we'll see. Can, can, you, can you live, have you ever challenged yourself to go a day, one day, 24 hours without your phone? Oh, you oh, just caused me to wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the break while I go change. Do the challenge, folks. Back after this. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. An interesting position that is being taken by the government of Nova Scotia right now that would be, well, it's not, it's not a position, it's a decision they've mm-hmm. made, that unless you say otherwise, you are now in Nova Scotia considered to be an organ donor. So if you yep. have a car accident, heaven forbid, but if you're driving home and you have a fatal car accident, unless you have... I don't know, a tattoo on your arm that says, don't touch me, or if you have a card in your wallet or something. Medical alert or something. You are considered to be harvestable, and they're not going to wait around. They are going to apparently try to reach out to your family, and if they can't get your family in short order before the organs that could be going to use to help other people, they're not going to wait for them to go go bad to be yeah, uh, fair uh, enough. I know I know where you're going. Um, yeah. uh, if they can't get in time, you are considered to be an organ donor, and we're going to take what we need. Are you in favor of that? I'd ha- when I first heard about it, my parents and I actually had this talk, and I still didn't really have an answer. I, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? 
and, and the government is forcing you to to. Well, not forcing, but they're well, assuming. They're, they're making it more difficult yes. for you to to opt out, if you will. They're basically saying you are, but if you want to opt out, we're going to make it difficult for you. I think too. I don't even know if difficult is the word because is it difficult if you don't have a will? It's the same kind of thing. It's if difficult for everyone else around if you don't have a yes, will. Yes, yes. See, there. This is where it, I don't think it's difficult for the person necessarily because mm-hmm. if it, you can avoid the difficulty simply by if you don't want to do it, filling out a card and having it in your wallet and saying, "Don't cut me open." Mm-hmm. But if you don't do that, it becomes difficult if you have spoken to someone and said, I don't want to do this. You, you, are, you are being put on the spot that you better take your action that you want if you are not in favor of this. See how I, how I have avoided the, the answering to this point? Uh, I, I don't know where I honestly sit, Scott. There, there's part of me that, yeah, you know what, it, it would be nice to, I, I guess if my organs were in good enough shape to, 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 to save a life, um, Sure, why not? If if I had to make a decision, if it happens in Ontario, I probably wouldn't change it. See, I, I have, I'm fully in favor of this. I am 100% in favor of this for the reason that you do still have the opt-out. You simply have to make the effort that would take two minutes to well, say, I don't want to do know. this. We don't know. Well, to fill out a card or something. I know when I filled it out my- It is the government. Well, I, yeah, that's true enough. When <laughs> I filled out my organ donor card once upon a time, I don't even know if it's still in my wallet, to be honest. Uh, but when I did it once upon a time, it was like two checks of a box and sign my name. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they are making you go for a full medical and a full workup to get out of this kind of thing. So if it's, if it is as simple as saying, if I don't want to do it, I fill out a little card. It's you, so you no excuse then. Is it selfish for me to, to have that pause and to kind of think maybe I don't want to, or for someone that doesn't want to, is it selfish? I, I, I don't know if it's selfish. See, for me. The reason why I like the idea and maybe why I'm comfortable with this is that my philosophy is if I'm lying there dead, I don't need my liver. I'm done with it. I don't need my eyeballs. I don't need my kidneys, whatever. Go ahead. If it can help someone else, go ahead because I'm not using them again. But is it not hard on the people that are still around who who are alive knowing that? See, I think it would will be it even, give them joy or will it make them frustrated? I, I think it's the former, not the latter. I think it would give them joy to think that, okay, so again, heaven forbid, but I know. You, something happens to you and now some 12-year-old yeah. gets a heart and gets to live a life because they've got Mike Fortune's heart that's pumping in their chest. I would think that would be a, it's not going to bring you back. It's not going to mm-hmm. completely salve the wound for your family, but boy, that would be something that they would say, look, he did something. I, I, I just don't, I don't see the downside to this. Now, there are some religious considerations that some religions have that they are not in favor of this, but again, if they have the chance to opt out, if you don't opt, opt out. out, it's your own fault. Yeah, exactly. It's your own fault. Are, are unless, the cons- unless the way to opt out, and I, I don't know this, but unless the way to opt out is so complicated mm-hmm. that they've made it difficult. But if it's as simple as filling out your donor card to undo your donor card, no excuse. Well, I think. I, I, I still think it's a very per- <coughs> personal choice, and, and I do think people should take some time, and hopefully our listeners are doing that right now, take some time. Is it something that you would consider? Well, here's the numbers. Uh, apparently 20, uh, 90% of Canadians in, 90%? Po- in polls have said they support the idea of organ donation and of being an organ donor. Big number. 20% filled out their donor card. So that gap of 70% wow. then is the people who, when they're in the car accident, that their family is then put on the spot mm-hmm. to make that decision in the worst possible moment 
maybe of their life. And they have to somehow come wade through the whole issues around this and decide whether they should do this or not. Whereas if we just say, hey, this is this is what we do here, and he did not say or she did not say no, I think it makes it way easier. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, what's the cost for this? I wonder what the, the governmental cost is for this. What's the taxpayer's cost on, I would on think, getting all this kind of up, ready, raring to go? I would think no cost. I would think that the... I would think it would be less than a cost. It would be a net gain, again, because of all the people that you can, well, that you, you can help with this. There, there was, you know, a year, a year tomorrow <laughs> is the, the horrific crash of what happened in Humboldt, and there have been stories in Sports Illustrated about um, the young man who, um, when he turned 19, he said to his coach or his dad, I'm going to sign my donor card, and the go- coach said, you know, jokingly, uh, you won't need it. They won't want your parts for another 50, 60 years, and a month later... What saved? He saved six or seven lives. Yeah. And by the way, tomorrow on CHML here from one till four or one till five, I can't remember. There is a special on the one year anniversary of Humboldt. So if you're around tomorrow, tune in for that. Tough to listen to. We're getting the update from the producer. Yeah. So documentary at one, and then a special Roy Green broadcast coming up after that. So if you're if you're around a radio tomorrow, uh, but have have you talked to your kids about this? Good question. Uh, I don't know if I have. I know. I know. I've talked to my wife about it. And again, and Monica's me, on the same. Yeah, s- to me, as well, yeah. to me, it's it's what good are, for example, what good are my eyeballs to me when I'm dead? Mm-hmm. And if they can then go to someone else who it's going to help them or some other organ. You said, is it selfish? I I, I don't want to put the word selfish out there. T- to me, it would be selfish. Mm-hmm. But other people may have considerations that I don't have, and that's. That's okay. That's okay. But some I've, people might want to say, you know what? Once I'm gone, I just want to be gone. I, I don't want any part of me to to be on this green earth anymore. I just see, I here's, just want out. Here's where when and and here's why I don't want to throw the word selfish around, because some people would say that my position that I'm fine to have my organs harvested. This is a very ghoulish conversation. Yeah. If someone's just tuning way in, way to right bring now, me way down. Yeah, someone's bring, tuning in right now. Uh, it's like another Monty Python skit, the live <laughs> organ donor skit. Um, they, they're wondering what's we going on. We need Cadillac Bill for this one. <laughs> I would. I am very skittish and have no interest in my body being used for medicinal cadaver carving. I do not want to be on the table of medical students. Agreed. That so. Uh, maybe that's and, selfish because that would certainly be helping. Medical students need these cadavers to learn their stuff and to help other people. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that's selfish of me then to not want that. So that opens up another question. Then, can our body be used? Can we say what we want it used for? Well, is you that can, another question you the, have to sign off on the on? donor card? It can be for donations or it can be for. Cadavers, cadaver. I think. Okay, that I, I didn't I'm, know. I'm pretty sure that there is a dis, that, that it can be not one and the same. Because I don't know truly how many people would say, yeah, you know, I, I want to have some university students poking and prodding at my dead body. I just, you know what, you know why the university student thing and the medical student thing, and this is the stupidest reason not to allow my body to be used for science someday. I am somehow convinced 
that some kid who lives on my street, who's now in medical school, when they pull the blanket <laughs> oh, no. back, they'll go, oh, it's Mr. Radley. <laughs> uh, th- that's the, th- that is why. How stupid a reason is that? But that's the reason why that I'm concerned that someone who knows me is now going to be in medical school and I'm going to be lying there all dead. That's, that, that'll be your last selfie. Sorry. It's just th- trying that, to lighten it up. That that freaks me out more than yeah. anything else. And it's like I don't want to. It's like the the bodies that are in that that museum where they took all the skin off and they posed them and plasticized the muscle things. And I, yeah. I, now at least you can't tell who that person is. But I don't want to be that. I don't want to find myself in a museum with all my parts dangling around and imposed in certain positions and it, it could happen though you never know I, I think what needs to maybe be done now there's there's a cost to this maybe there needs to be a lot more education as to why you should do this not just are you going to here are all the benefits and reasons why because I truly don't think we know all the reasons and benefits why and maybe it is just as simple as helping another human being live but and let's let's talk about what 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 can or can't happen. Let's be maybe a little more transparent about it. I, Let's have a tough conversation. I, I'm all for that. I, I think the folks in Nova Scotia, I think they've done the right thing here. I would be very opposed, as I said, if this was not a choice at all. If we're just saying, no, you have to donate your organs regardless of what your position is. Not, But that's not what they're saying. And at the end of the day, even if you don't sign it, how do you truly know what's going to be happening to your body parts after? Well, like, you, you, like you really don't. But I'm even saying the family. Like once you are picked up off of wherever and you're shipped away, do you truly honestly know what they do do? And I'm sure that would be a lot of lawsuits and you're breaking a lot of laws and all that. Well, but here, do if, you think does, if, if you have a perfectly good beating heart or no, sorry, not beating heart because you'd be dead. But if you have a heart that's still going to be strong enough. And you haven't signed your card and your parents say no, but man, you know what? There is a kid over there. Who do, will die, who could do, die do, without do, do it. Do you take it out anyway and just say, look, you know what? We're just going to slip this one through. Again, not to be in. ghoulish, Mike. I don't know. Not to be really ghoulish I and really know. gross. But again, do, we do understand that if you say, no, I don't really want my heart, my liver, my kidney, my whatever going to that person to help them. I want to be kept intact. We, we do know that when they put us into the box and put us in the ground, it's just going to waste. It's just going to decompose. And it's not like we're somehow maintaining our form for all eternity. All this, this gym body is not going to look like this for very long. Well, uh, you know what? I I probably would allow my hair to go. We got to, you should, we got to keep that. You got to put that on your, on your thing. I don't know about my organs, but I'll donate my hair. (laughs) (laughs) I... (laughs) Actually, I could use your hair, and I'm alive, and you're alive. Maybe, maybe this will something will work out down the road. We'll have a hair I'm, donation. I'm just trying to liven it up. No, a little. Keep, keep it going. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, and I would leave instructions on how to maintain and care for. Well, it. I would need instructions. It's been a long time since I've had to work with hair, other than on my face sometimes. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Hey, we were talking about something that was uh, important, but a little ghoulish in the last segment. Why don't we stay in that ghoulish part, sort of. It's not really ghoulish. I've been reading a number of things lately online 
specifically taking aim at Netflix, although I think Netflix is probably going to be taking too much of a rap for this because it's across the board. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying, what is the deal with Hollywood glamorizing and doing so much in the way of making movies and TV shows and series and everything else and documentaries on the worst of the worst. Why does it seem that so many movies and series and everything else are now on serial killers and pedophiles and generally the scum of the earth? And, you know, I'm not innocent in this because I've watched a bunch of them and there's some really good ones. You've introduced me to a few too, yeah. But it's true. It's true. It is an endless pit of fascination for Hollywood and, frankly, for a lot of people. Because Hollywood has done their homework. They know what sells. Okay. And we are, we are creatures of curiosity. We want to know the ghoulish, gory facts. We'll, we'll probably be in a social setting and say, no, I would never want to watch that, or I, I couldn't care less. But put yourself down in your comfortable basement with the fire on, have a drink. Let's go see what's going on with making of a murderer or whatever some of them might be. Because there is that curiosity factor, whether it be Manson. Whether but why does that exist? That, that's the question. Excuse me. That's the question. Why does that because exist? I, th- I think deep down, we, we are a majority of us are all very, very good people. But we want to know what is it that makes someone go so off and so crazy. We need to know. What is between their two ears? Why did they get to this? Why, why did they do it? What did they do? I think there's a bit of a sick part of a lot of us, too, where we're just like, I want to know what. I want to see it. I, I need to see it. Like it seems like every night at, when I get home from the show and I go and I've gone to the gym and then I turn on the TV, there's Keith Morrison, Matthew Perry's stepfather, yeah. doing his, his talking like up and down. But talk, doing the tales of some other horrible murder from somewhere there's an endless, endless source of these. Not well, it's an endless source, but there's also an endless production, and and that's all part of it line. too. There, there's a lot of fact. There, there's a lot of truth to all this. But then Hollywood will do their thing, and they might just tweak it just a little bit to make sure they got you. How much of this is simply no more than the fact that murder and mayhem makes for good drama? And therefore, we don't really have to do much to it. We just tell the story that's there. Tell, yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. It's it's simple. Here are the facts, just the facts, man. And we also, I think there's a lot of us that have that little bit of mystery and sleuthing in us. We, we like to kind of follow along too, see if we can figure it out and, and be part of the investigation, if you will. You see it on on the, on the shows, uh, sixty minutes uh, or Dateline. There's they also get you intrigued because we all like. To read a murder mystery, oh, so now this is just a visual. We like to kind of be intrigued. Well, what's the essence of drama? What I mean, you learned this in grade nine literature probably. The essence of drama is conflict. And it's probably not a great story or not all that exciting if the conflict is two neighbors squabbling over a fence line unless someone pulls out a gun then. And then you've got conflict. And, and, then, and then you throw in there, then you find out the neighbor was sleeping with the wife. On, on, and on, and on. You know, but what does this do? Because, okay, so you know what? You're probably right. This is nothing more than a purient fascination that we have because we don't live that life and it is about conflict and it fits all the things. But do you believe that when we expose ourselves to this over and over and over again, it does something to us or is it completely just in one ear and out the other and nothing matters? I think there are some people it does stick with them. I, I think in the majority of people it can be, 
in one ear and out the other, and you move on with your daily life. For others, it it might it it might bring up some memories. It might be like, you know what, I, I'm in a very similar situation. Hmm. I'm going to try this, but maybe do it a little different. I'm going to outsmart him and try to get away with something. Like Again, I'm just thinking sick and twisted down myself. No, but I, I see, I, I look at it and I think that this, it has to have an effect, I think. It has to have an effect on our view of the world when we watch these things over and over and over again that we begin to believe that it's either way more common than it really is because there's so many of these stories. This has to be happening a lot or... I don't know what else, whether it affects you by thinking that if you've seen a bunch of these and there's a particular type of person that's done this, that it affects your view of older people or a particular racial group or a gender group or whatever. I, there's got to be an impact. Look, the, our mind is, is so complicated. It, you know, we, we all have, the, throw them out there, the, the words, the fannies, fantasies, fetishes, thoughts, ideas, mystery, intrigue, that, you know what, you don't know what's going to make someone click. You don't know what's going to make someone say, you know what, I've had enough. You truly don't know. And that's that's what I think is fascinating by all this is there's just so much out there to keep us going. But at the end of the day, we are responsible for what we watch, listen to, and we're also responsible for when we, sh- when we should know enough is enough and we shut it off and enough's enough. Let's move on. I agree. But... And I do agree with that. I, we are ultimately responsible for our viewing habits and our behavior. I, I'm not going to pass that buck at all. That is on us, whether we watch it or not. That said, for a company like Netflix or something else, who Will was saying, Will's on the other side of the glass today, Will was saying before that there's a new, is it a, a movie or a series that's coming out about Charles Manson? Uh, it's Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is set uh, it follows someone else's story, but Charles Manson's existence is kind of happening in the shadows of the story the whole time. And there was something else that, sorry, so it wasn't Netflix, but there is something else on Netflix that's on it. And it, it, at some point, do the companies, do the studios, do the Hollywood people, do they have any responsibility for choosing these as the topics that they put out there all over? All they care about is the almighty dollar and making sure their shareholders are happy. Let's keep So if they know that it will come out, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. It's the almighty dollar. I don't I'm not disagreeing with you. I just it's it it does seem and when I started because hearing these criticisms, I went and looked how many of the things that are on Netflix. And again, I'm I'm pointing at Netflix because it's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. It is astounding how many of the things that are on Netflix are about killers. Right. Or other things along those lines, and, and and so you know you take out, let's let's say the government comes out and says, okay, Netflix, any production company, you no longer can produce movies that uh, involve murder. Well, we don't want them to do that. No, no I mean but, the government but, involvement. Well, because <laughs> sorry, someone comes out and passes a bill, or something happens where okay, enough's enough. No more movies or series about uh, mass murders, guns, drugs, or or um, or sex. There's nothing you, left to show. It, that, that's my point. There's I mean, nothing left to I show. I mean, there is, but there wouldn't... But is it Net, interesting? Netflix no. would only have six movies left on its roster. Exactly. The because other, all this stuff, is, it sells, and we all have a curiosity, whether we like to admit it or not. Well, let me ask you one more thing about this then. Is there a concern or a risk when we are making, when we, when society is making these movies and glorifying slash glamorizing 
the people like Charles Manson and some of the other people who have done these horrendous, horrendous things, this dirty, what was it, dirty John that was just, you know, the, there's, there's, a, there's so many of them. Is there a risk of turning these people into the old um, um, Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing where they're the, you know, they're horrible people, but they get glamorized into these glamorous figures. I think there's always that risk. But, but again, that's a risk that these companies are, are, are going to take to keep padding their pocketbooks and then they'll, they'll come out with different ways to put on different spins and they'll bring in a new actor to give it a different look or a different feel and again it's all about to keep that money train running choo choo you know the one and I've said this before on the show when we've talked about this kind of stuff the thing that has shocked me is that of all the people who I thought for sure because Charles Manson was I mean, he's, he's sick. He, 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 yeah, to to the nth degree. But it's fascinating still. Uh, fair enough. But you look at a guy like Charles Manson. You look at other people who have done these horrendous, horrendous things. The we don't have that I've seen documentaries, movies, whatever. I thought the Bernardos that there would be a time that would pass, and then all of a sudden there would be just this litany of things. For whatever reason. That case and a few others, but that case in particular seems to still be uh, even even really beyond the pale for a Hollywood that will touch almost anything else. For some reason, and I mean, I know what the reason is. I mean, I, at least I know this, the facts of the case, but that one seems to still be something which has all the elements. I mean, it, Mike, it has it has sex, it has young, attractive people, it has murders, it has. But it still is beyond the pale that they won't touch. And that's a good thing. But I'm saying it's just, it's, it's surprising to me that when everything else seems to be fair game, that this one they have still left alone for the most part. I, I think it has to do with, with the respect that people have for the, the family and the victim. Here, here, but and, not necessarily south and, of the border, and, and, not and, elsewhere. Right. So you, you can't do a documentary on that, and Netflix can't, but... If they really wanted to, if they really wanted to push the envelope, they could do something similar. And the facts, this is all fictional, so on and so forth, which is no different than what, uh, what is it, uh, um, CSI. Uh, CSI, Law and Order. Law and Order, yeah. anyone, S- S- SVU, mm-hmm. S- SVU does, Special no, Victims Unit. You mentioned Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer was a true story with, a, with an innocent victim who was a young woman who was, uh, and, and they didn't seem to have, and it was not, I don't think it's too popular that they did it in Wisconsin, where it was from. I don't think the folks there are too thrilled with this, but the rest of the country and the world seems okay because with I, it. Because I think so much, I picked, I thought so much more of that was about the corruption and the lies mm. uh, regarding regarding the sheriff's office and, and the police officers and, and so on and so forth. Now, yes, there was the murders that took place, but it, it was so much more than that. We got to go, let me ask you one more question about this. I really believe that if anyone, and I'm not encouraging it, I am glad that the Bernardo case, as one of the ones that seems to be able to just remain not entertainment, I'm glad it hasn't been done with. But if someone did a a miniseries or a Netflix or whatever, people here would scream and yell and be outraged, but I believe that they would watch it. Agree. A thousand percent. People would watch. I don't think. Because again, when you're in, in the privacy of your own home, your own basement, there's that curiosity factor that just gets you. Publicly, Publicly people would be making it, would be outraged. Yep. But they would watch. But you break down the analytics on Netflix, you'd see the numbers would probably be very high. 
You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Way off topic. Yeah, way off topic. Where were we going? Well, we were going to just mention that the Jays are on TV. Uh, We've had them going here. In In a shock to absolutely nobody, we're into the third inning. Jays have had three turns at bat, and they have, I think, one hit and no runs. This team this year, Mike, I would make. I think we can make the case. Pitching wise, they've got a few pitchers, but offensively, I think this team is going to very easily challenge the 1977 expansion leftovers Blue Jays for the worst Blue Jay team ever, I, and probably beat them. It, it's possible, and it's unfortunate because as you and I have talked off camera, we're big ball fans. They they don't have to because if if you change your your mindset when you go to the plate and again we're not pros we're not we never played in the game but you're why everyone's trying to hit the home run they're trying to score three runs on one swing when when the bases are empty you have to go small ball you have to just get the momentum well I think you do I think you got to do have a little momentum build up some confidence. We saw in the bottom of the ninth last Sunday that chance to win it. The three big boppers come up. They're taking the biggest swings in the world. I I've always thought drives me nuts. You've probably seen the movie Moneyball. Maybe read course, the book. Of course, Every, many people have. Uh, oh, and they're losing. Oh, there um, we go. But uh, the idea behind Moneyball, which was a really earth-shattering concept, was that. Billy Bean in Oakland was going to do something that completely went against the grain of everything that everyone else in baseball was doing. You were going to do, you were going to get value in players that other people didn't see value in because no one really saw, wanted to play that style of game. If I'm the Blue Jays right now, or another team, if I'm the general manager, honestly, I am looking at this saying, I want to have a bunch of guys who will hit singles, one after the other after the other, go against the shift, we don't need to hit a home run. I want to have guys, now there's only a few Ichiros and Tony Gwynns and those guys, but guys who will come up and do that. Let's do the opposite of what everyone else in baseball is doing by swinging for the fences and taking strikeout after strikeout and go and find the value in those players that other people now are not looking at as having value and let's win that way. I would try it. I agree. And and again, you know, they put on these shifts and all that. You're going to give me that whole left side. You should almost have it in kangaroo court, Montoya. They sh- they should find them. If if you can't get, if you don't go opposite field, lay down a bunt and run it out. You're you're going to be fine because it's a simple hit. It's a simple tie, easy way to get on base. But again, that's not sexy, Scott. That doesn't sell tickets. Well, it but, does. But if you start getting some W's behind you, that yeah. sells tickets. And if you start extending innings because you have two or three or four hits in an inning. That's and, that's and, fun to and, watch too. And then that that can take the shift right out of the game. Of course it would. That and, and that's that that solves your problem for the people that don't like the shift and are purists. Of course it would. The, 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 exactly. The reason that the shift still exists in baseball and is getting more and more and more pronounced is because it works. Because you allow it to work. Because you allow you play it to right work. into it. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, and and I'm not arguing that it's easy for a guy who has come up playing a certain way to adjust the way he hits now that he's in the major leagues. It's not easy at all. So you have to go and find those guys. And if you have a team of 180-pound singles hitters, you know what? This year, if I'm the Blue Jays right now, this year when I have no chance to win anyway, I'm saying, hey, let's try that. But to your point, it's the mindset from the top down. You you have to have that that um, thumbs up or that A-OK from the general manager, and then your coaching staff, your manager have to buy into it, and then you enforce it. But 
hey, let's face it. When, 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 there, when there's a chance to, to rake in a contract for 330 or $430 million uh, because they're hitting home runs. Bryce, yeah, Bryce Harper didn't get that contract because he hit singles. Or, or, or laying down bunts and beating them out down first base. No, exactly. All right. But you know what? At the end, with all that said, baseball is back, and, and I'm happy regarding that. And it actually looks in this game tonight like it's not quite as absolutely frigid. I, I looked rough yesterday. Oh, you know, I love baseball, but watching guys play when it is freezing cold, there's no pleasure in that. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.